Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. There he is. Look at that beautiful face. And all of you out there, thank you for coming to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. We're on season seven. We just moved to a new channel, Robert Patton Global Channel. And Robbie's the third guest. He's been here, I think this is his third time. We're very excited to have him back. Thank you for coming on short notice. How you doing, sir? Dude, this is a pro operation. That was a sexy ass intro. We had, well, I got StreamYard from you last time I was on your podcast. Nice. I was like, oh, this is legit with all the waiting room and green room stuff. So, but you took it a level past what I got. You got it. You got the intro built in. You got this graphic package that uh, you kind of size your videos onto. This is sexy, dude. We're trying. And it may or may not be paying off. We got the new channel. We're, this, the second video we did, like, from our point of view, went viral. Like, because normally we get, like, a modest amount of viewership. And then, but it was, like, a thousand times that amount. And it was just like, what did we do different? Let's keep just doing that. Just the aesthetics? Uh, I, I don't, I think it was the guest we had or the, he, he was a finance guy. And it, like, it was he just, the like. good tips? Now we were just chatting like I do. Uh, typical. Can, I, like, can I ask you a question to start it off? Please. Because this, this has been on my mind. Uh, Instagram drives me nuts because you can't fast forward, right? Uh, sometimes I like to get to it. And like sometimes something will catch my attention. Like this is bad. I'm a phone person. I'm looking at my phone. Gotta leave. Something catches my attention. I'm like, I need the ending to the story. Yeah. I saw you outside like a madman. You had a piece of workout equipment. It was like almost a sledgehammer. And you're banging into an ice box that it's clearly cold outside and you're looking to take an ice bath in the freezing cold. And it's not even like you're dumping ice into this thing. This thing is frozen overnight. And I guess you're adding water to it that will hopefully unfreeze it so you could get in. So first I want did you actually pull off that ice bath? You got in, you were able to like, tell me this whole story. Cause it just seemed, it, it seemed like madness. I have this huge bucket of water out in my front, you know, driveway area and it froze overnight, like you said, but just the top layer. So it was like a six inch thick uh, sheet of ice that I was busting open with a, a thick, it was a steel mace that I got from on it. I'm wearing an on it hoodie and I, you know, I swing the mace for working out and stuff, but I, I had to get in. And I, I, it was so full of ice though that I couldn't get all the way in. So then we had to like pull some of the big blocks of ice out. So I had to get back in. So I had to get in once and then get out, make more room. And then I got in, I only did about 10 seconds cause it was freezing cold and I'm trying to acclimate myself cause I'm, I'm a big fan of Wim Hof 
he's on my vision board and the healing effects of cold therapy. I'm sure we've all heard of that, right? No, you got to lay it on me. I don't, I, I, I once, someone once told me if you take cold showers, you'll get better boners. And so yes. I did a little stretch of, but I cheated. I couldn't just do the, so I used to do sauna into cold shower and then yes. like your body's already kind of heated up. Yeah. So you can get in real cold and just kind of like ride that cold wave. Right. Because uh, you're already warm. That's a yeah, good way to do it. But you tell me, I don't know well, what's the benefits of the coldness here. Well, I mean, in uh, Finland, they have that contrast therapy where you go from hot to cold, hot to cold. Is that why they're so hot in Finland? They're tall, blonde, babes. Well, I, I can come out un-Jewish with blonde hair if I just go hot to cold on a daily basis. You just got to practice what they... And, and, and put it on the vision board. Yeah, it's all... I have a big uncircumcised cock on my vision board because that's all I really want for 2022. Not inside yeah. me. I don't want to attract a man that has it. I want to be able to grow one myself. An uncircumcised one? Yeah, I want I want my dick to be bigger and uncircumcised. Are vision boards that effective? Can I get there? It's not like you can become a seven foot tall black basketball player. No, it doesn't. Not. But I can become as wealthy as one. Yeah, and you could work for one, and maybe just put yourself in proximity with people who are doing what you want to do, and then maybe you can be on the team. Yeah, maybe maybe one time this year I'll jerk off a dude with a big fat uncircumcised cock and it just in that moment pretend like it was mine. Yeah, visual that's where the visualization comes in handy. Like if the guy's shorter than me that I can rest my like chin over his shoulder and almost yes. look down on it. Right. And then really reach just around. Yeah, and really just pretend like that's that's mine. That's what my wife does. So I don't know. <laughs> but right, I, like I, I derailed you. Can you tell me the benefits of the coldness? It just, be, I mean, you get in a cold ice bath and uh, deal with that stress. Like nothing else is going to stress you out for one. You know what I mean? Like in the buildup to it is uh, you're like, oh, oh the angst. I, right. Yeah. And, and so facing your fears, I heard this in a song, you know, do something that scares you every day. Well, Doing an ice bath, it never gets easier, really. Maybe a little bit. It, it Just the anticipation, though, is just like, oh, fuck, I got to do this, and it's going to shock me. But you feel so much better afterwards for whatever reason. All these endorphins and dopamine and serotonin spikes, and it, it makes the rest of your day pretty pleasant, ultimately. It's... You know. I will. I, I've experienced that. I, I've recently been thinking about that a little bit with uh, working out, because yes. like I was with some of the workouts I was doing, um, and I mean I don't have like a perfect workout system by a long shot. I keep it pretty simple. My rule is I just try and do something every single day. Like that's and and it, I, I want to do something every single day without getting injured. And for me, it's more about uh, combating. You know, I, I just find sometimes I like I don't even click into my brain until I've worked out for the day. Whatever the fuck it's stress, anxiety, whatever the fuck it is, working out works really well for me. And so like yeah. I wanna and like and then I also have kept pretty good mental tabs on that some the more rigorous the activity is, like sometimes but there's exceptions to this. I, I know I'm getting a little crazier. Like go. your short burst shit, like your high your interval training, yes. I find is really good for anxiety on the flip side though i uh, i used to do more endurance type stuff and by endurance type stuff i mean like your 10 mile runs your 30 mile bike rides i find that with those the calming effect also leads to like almost a little bit of a fatigue thing 
So unless it's like on a Sunday where I can really be mellow all day, it almost mellows me out too much. So there's like a sweet spot on interval training that will really click you into kind of like a competitive thing or just like you, where you can kind of find your focus mm -hmm. that I love. Anyways, speaking to what you were saying with the discomfort, I learned re only recently, like I think I was swimming in the pool and I kind of hit that point where like, cause I used to get it, like I do other workouts. I don't really like swimming. Swimming would be, all right, I'm doing 20 minutes. That's it. Like I just do commit 20 minutes front crawl, get the fuck out of there. Cause I don't like it. I like, I do it cause it's good. It's injury free, but it's not like fun. But I realized if you push part, like when you get to that point where you don't want to do it and it just becomes not fun, like the more you push through that, like that not wanting to do it, the more endorphin, it's like a direct relationship of kind of like feeling good when you leave. The like better the more, you feel afterwards. Yeah, the more, whatever that sluggishness is while you're working out. And I, I don't mean this for lifting. I mean it like for swimming, you're biking, you're running. Cause like, I think with like pushing weights, you can get injured with this philosophy. But like when you hit that feeling on your run and it's sluggish and you don't want to do it, the more of that you push through, the more like of that good endorphin you're going to get when you're done. I agree with that. I, the only thing I would say is if you're, if you've been working out for like two weeks straight and your like body is saying, don't work out today, take a day off and you push through that, uh, you might like be not listening to your body and then you might not, your body might have been telling you to, Hey, I told you not to work out today and you did it well, anyways. My my philosophy on something every day is like, let's say you're sore as shit and you stretch that day or like you couldn't get anything in and you go for a walk. Yes. And then my other rule is every once in a while, on most weeks, I end up missing a day. Yeah. The biggest rule is never take two days off. I like, like but like, even so, if you know, if, if I, cause I've had these days where it's like one day I can't get to the gym and then the next day I'm like, I can't take two days off in a row. I even did this. I was waiting a half hour on parallel parking. I think I did 400 bodyweight squats, like just, you know, just squatting in the street. People look at you like you're fucking, that was the workout for the day. You're utilizing your time. You're stuck there. So you might as well. Yeah. And, and that was my one. So, that, but that, that, that to me, it's more the habit of doing it. Like it takes so, I remember being physically lazy. Like I still deal with men. Like I just remember the feeling of physical laziness and I don't want to ever go back to that. Like I remember that we're like, you know, something's over there and it was like, I don't want to get, it's like, you know what I mean? Like I remember that feeling in life of physical Sludge. laziness or going yeah. to the store. I don't want to get up. So I don't want to ever deal with that in my life again. And so just the habit of every day working out more to keep the habit than to look unbelievably good. Like that, that's more my goal is the mental clarity yeah. and keeping the habit. And that's, uh, I've been able to do that for a little while now. I got a question for you. I'm working out though. Okay. Um, but also that like doing these workouts, it, it builds up the momentum for the day. You know, like you said, it kind of keeps, keeps you going. And if you are stuck in a rut and you don't know what to do, sometimes I find just going for a nice little jog will jog your memory, jog your mind and, and get you like that momentum because uh, an object in motion stays in motion. And so um, if you're out there, anyone like, and you're just like, I don't want to do it. Like you just have to do it. And once you start, it's, it's a lot easier to keep going. Yeah. I have this issue. Like sometimes when I'm like at my desk and like I'm writing and then it starts getting to that point where it's like, uh, like I've read too much news. I can't really focus anymore. So I try and break it up. Like I'll just walk to the pull up bar, do a set of pull-ups. But then sometimes I get distracted because I'm like, I get in the workout zone and then like, I just keep it going. 
I I just yesterday bought a weighted vest. Have you ever worked out with a weighted vest? Yes. Oh, my, I've had so much fun with this thing already. I'm already getting nervous. I'm going to get injured with it, but like I'm on day two with this thing and I've, I've just been having so much fun with it. Yeah. I'd be careful. It depends on how snug it is or whatever. And my weighted vest was, it was a flak jacket in the army and it was like a bulletproof vest with these 35 pound plates. Then when you're running, it would bounce. And, and I don't think that was good for my spine, like right. in retrospect. So just, you know, keep that's the only thing I would say about that. But working out, push ups, body weight, squats, and stuff like that would probably be amazing. Yeah, I think all the body weight stuff that I was doing, I'm going to switch over to the weighted vest and do a little bit less volume because the volume is getting a little nutty. Whatever, you got to listen to your body. But as you get older, and like what I've found is if I don't cool down and not by getting in a nice bath, but just like slow down and do like a cool down or stretching. I get so tense that it like hurts at night and um, I can't sleep. So I have to do like these cool down because I'll work out really hard. I kind of fancy myself like Joe Rogan, you know, like a, a guy's guy and I was in the army and fucking I work hard. But then if I when I'm pushing myself like to this limit, if I don't do the extra like old man's cool down shit, I am in pain later, which also is alleviated by the ice bath, which is kind of what you want to do is do, do the workout, get in the sauna, get an ice bath, boom, get out of there. You know, when, when I'm living that good sheath lifestyle and I got a house up in the woods that I could do all this stuff at home, I'll start ice bathing it. Well, where at the moment they don't, uh, uh, well, I do a What's lot of my – I go to this place called LA Fitness. It's great okay. just because uh, they've been pretty cool about the masks, and uh, they got a pool. So it, when they go through the stretches of masks, I just – you know, then that's the – I'll just do like uh, – I'll even do resistance workouts in the pool. So I'll do like jumps. Like I can do everything in the pool. Uh, nice. It's, it, it's a little – it's not as exciting as throwing weights around, but, you know, it, it gets me to my – you know, it keeps me in the groove of doing something every day. There's a guy on Instagram named Leo Savage. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's on our, the, I think he's still on our front page of our website, but he swings this mace around, the same thing I was breaking the ice up with, except it's there's different weights of the mace. You can have a 7, 10, 15, 20, 25 pound. Those are the different weights. Just get a 10 pound weight. But watch him do it. And uh, it's just, it's a fun way to work out like resistance kind of like it's it's a weird it's a a weighted ball at the end of a stick and it has this torque or some kind of word that when you're swinging it around it's heavier because it's at the end of the stick and um but you can swing it in you can do like curls with it you can do lunges and squats and these 360s and but you're also sort of training to murder someone in the event nice. of a necessity because it's like a battle axe or something like an old school battle axe. I think uh, when you're working out, you, you can tap into something, which is good. Like I, yeah. I, I used to trail run and, and sometimes like yes. when you're uh, long enough on a trail run, there is some weird survival thing where you can see yourself in a movie, try and like hunt prey or escape something. And that's yes. totally fictional. But in that moment, you kind of just tap into that and it feels good. Yeah. So like, even though I hope that you don't have to ever 
go John Wick, defend your property, have a battle axe and kill all sorts of people. I think when you're working out, it you know, it's fun to just feel like a dude that way. Be yeah. like, I'm ready to murder people. Yeah, it's definitely feel like I'm a warrior, caveman, uh, Viking or something, you know? Yeah, it feels good. It, and I used to do that when I was a kid is I would imagine some big, scary dude was behind me chasing me with a knife and I have right. to like run faster because I've always been pretty active you know I've had a pretty active lifestyle that's and uh I don't know but I it probably all stems to the the mental clarity that it gives you feel good you know it made me feel good so I kept doing it and I still do it and I'm 43 now so I plan on keeping on keeping on until I'm 100 and 43 is that the goal 143 i mean no let's go 170 no 180 188 you want to go 188 all right then i like uh the positive mental attitude it's, it's people look so much they stay they, people stay young these days it seems like to me and maybe it's but like i'm 43 but i don't feel like i know a dude that's 43 and he looks like 43. I look to me, I look like 33 or something to me, dude. I, in my head, I think I'm so young. Yeah. Like sometimes I hook up with women my age. I think I'm with an old lady. Yes. Yeah. It's so, scary. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that's good in a way. I don't know. Maybe it's like some Peter Pan, like not good part of my brain that I'm immature and that I live a younger man's lifestyle. But in my, in my head, I'm not, I'm not 33. You 27. Yeah, 27 sounds good. 27 sounds good. <laughs> Me too. But I feel old. Now I feel old, but and I guess I I, I definitely look older I, obviously than I did when I was, you know, 10 years ago. It's pretty significant, but uh but just like old old like just old old. I don't know. I don't feel old, you know, at all. I feel like I'm not even, ha I, sh I still feel like I'm in an ad adolescence or something. I, I, I don't feel like I'm ha I'm over halfway through with my life already. Are you kidding me? It's all downhill. I don't like the idea of that that much. Because I feel like there's so much more to do and see and build, you know, and, and share. And I, I like the giving, you know, and just this shit. Like I want to be able to we never even really get to hang out because there's not enough time. Dude, I want to train with you. I want to, I mean, it's easy to talk. So I like, and I'm really good at making plans and then never doing anything. Same. But at some point I'd love to, uh, like, you know, at some point when uh, I've totally wound down the ad sales business and I've got such a following that it's pure sheath bucks all the way to the bank. We'll, uh, we'll get together, train and get some content out. Cause I like the way you do it. You go hard. Yeah. Well, I like that idea and I want to, you're growing, you know, you're like, your comedy is, I went and saw you in Denver, which was amazing. You're, I appreciate uh, that you came out for that. That was awesome. Yeah. And the crowd was amazing. You had a full, you know, uh, what is it? Sold out crowd and, and everyone that free pizza, free beer, free comedy, not free comedy. Well, cause you had to pay to get in, but really sweet little arrangement there like the setup with and it was all libertarians i love that you're the king of the cocks <laughs> i love uh it, it can't it can't always be done and uh i'm 
I'm grateful of comedy wherever I can do it, however I can do it. This episode is brought to you in part by Element Kombucha. It's a new sponsor. We're very excited. They sent me a care package and I drank them all. I can't even show you. I could show you this empty bottle right here, but uh, it's uh, Element Kombucha. They have CBD um, infusions, THC free, really tasty blends. You know, kombucha is good for the gut bio. So if you have been taking antibiotics, it's always good to take some probiotics. And Element Kombucha is sponsoring this show. They're supporting us. So we're asking you to support them. They actually have really good prices. It's like 10, 15 bucks for a six or eight pack on their different options. They have variety packs, or you can just get the summer vibes blend, whatever you want. It's at elementkombucha.com. Promo code RPG11 will save you 11% on your purchase and they'll know that we sent you and we would appreciate the support. Last but not least, sheathunderwear.com, the greatest underwear on the planet, the underwear of legends, the underwear that keeps your balls from sticking to your legs. That's right. This is the best underwear because it keeps your boys cool. Check out she'sunderwear.com. Back to the show. Uh, there is something really special when you're not at the comedy clubs and like it's all your crowd and it's more of a hang than it is like showing up to a venue to see a show. So an event like that where I think tickets were 15 bucks and then you could actually, you didn't have to spend more money on pizza or beers uh, and all libertarians before we did the show people got up you even got up you did a little pitch everyone kind of introduced themselves just let everyone know what they had going on uh when the show was over people hung out for a half hour 45 minutes some report stores even a more ramped up version than that because we're at someone's house so it's like you know we hang out all night sometimes we're crashing at the house so it's like a real party night for us uh so I've had a lot of fun at comedy clubs. Comedy clubs are great. Like, you know, there, there's a vibe to them because the sound in the room is perfect. They're set up for comedy. I don't have to get up and set things up. Like sometimes when I'm doing these shows, I got to get there before the crowd comes because I got to set up the light. I got to make sure that the mics are working properly. And then I, I've, I've joked about this, but I feel like my mom before a party where people show up too early and I'm like mad at them because I'm like, uh, no, no, you're, it's not the table's not set because like you, you don't want like you're the comic. You don't want to be seen that way. So there, there's like something magic, magic act. You don't want them to see the exactly. That part so, the, of it. so there's something to be said for com like comedy clubs are awesome. Sometimes the food there's great. Like comedy clubs can be very special, but there's something to the non comedy club shows that I put together that is more like family and just hanging out. And then obviously to be able to just get beers and pizzas and an hour and a half of comedy for fifteen bucks that's pretty hard to beat. Yeah, is that so? Is that that's unique to you from I've never heard of really anyone doing this and I've heard about you for the past couple of years doing these they called the summer porch tour, but it's not always summer. But uh is the so you you do comedy at someone's house or whatever and sell tickets and but it's probably a very small kind of crowd ish. The summer porch tour I would say has ventured between Thirty to eighty people on on gigs. Nice. Um, they've been a lot of fun. I I I I kind of this summer I'm I'm eyeballing going cross country. It's just uh, 
I gotta be honest. I don't like dealing with logistics. Like I, I don't, I mean, I do it like, cause that's you and me We're we're salespeople. We're, we're doers at some yeah. point. I just decide, okay, this has to get done. And then I sit down and I do it. But like, uh-huh. I definitely like working on the things I enjoy first. And so planning the logistics is not something I enjoy. So I have not put it together yet, but I'm, I'm, no. I'm eyeballing it. Yeah. You're starting to, the seed has been planted. It's probably going to get a, grow its little tentacle things it'll 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 come together i'm sure yeah well the the biggest thing is that like just the logistics is that i've noticed i spent a lot of time driving to basically come back like even this past week i went all the way to buffalo i can do my job remotely it's almost a waste to drive six hours from my house to do three days like i'd rather like then hit canada it's right there i'd rather hit syracuse like i'd rather just be kind of going on these trips and like hitting and, and then also if i'm doing summer porch tour i can't really go to california because like i don't have i don't have lights out there like i'm not going to be traveling with lights in my sound system mm-hmm. that's just crazy but like if i line if i lined up every every five hours if you look at the map is another big city at most it's seven hours uh so it, it more just becomes a question of logistics of will the fan base come out on like a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night? If that just is the night that you're there. Right. Cause co- comedy does for the most part, it is like a Thursday to Sunday activity. Like even the Denver one was pretty cool. that people showed up on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, these are the, these are the thoughts flying around in my head, Robert. Well, yeah, you have to put in the work. You're still in the infancy stage, I guess, or whatever you like toddler stage of, comedy i guess i don't know if that's fair to say but 11 years in this will be the fourth season of summer porch tour so yeah that's not toddler that's like you're you're almost a teenager yeah i guess so it should be more sophisticated by now but what can you do you run with you you know i just keep getting up keep getting better and then uh i love the growth man that that's like the biggest thing is just every single like the first year summer porch tour i had i did it at two fans houses and it was just me on their porch and then last year we did Nashville. Each location we showed up to had more people coming out for it. Uh-huh. So like the biggest thing to me is just each year doing it a little bit bigger than the previous year. Yeah. The Kaizen. Have you heard of Kaizen? It's the Japanese method of incremental improvements over time to make a perfect product. You don't just try to like make the perfect product. It takes time. It's step by step. And you know, don't rush. I it. almost think, it, in a way, it's uh, it because I'm lazy by nature. But like, it's enough. If I see that things are growing, that's enough to make me feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh man, life is so crazy. Life is so crazy because what if you got? What if you suddenly got everything you wanted? Then what? Well, I would. I would ramp up. It's not because for me, everything I wanted would be. I know this is weird. It'd just be stage time every night. And then if I had that, it would be like, all right, now we got this. So now we can start working on perfect jokes. Okay, now we actually have the perfect jokes. So how are we filming them? How are we showcasing it? Okay, great. Now we've got them really, really good at getting up in front of a room. Now, how do we start doing this? Like, how do we get the specials out quicker? How do we film more of them? How do we make this more of a TV? You know what I mean? It's like... It's never it enough. Yeah, it's never enough. Right. And that's just human nature. And... Oh man, <laughs> Cause the, because this, you know what? It, with me, it, it's more skill than it is a number, and so I don't think you can ever. 
not get better at comedy. Mm-hmm. And then and sharpening it, it, that sword and that. Yeah, and to me, it's like the, like I love finding funny. I know this is gonna sound maybe this sounds too douchey or weird. Like I love finding funny. Like as much as you might go to a comedy club and like listen to a joke and go that was funny. I I got ten times more joy than that when I was sitting at my computer and I discovered it. Like when I discover, like when I sat there and I discovered something that I thought was funny. That to me is like the greatest feeling in the world, right? And it's like so it's plucking like the gold out of the yeah. You pluck ground. and you're like, and it's the excitement of like, oh shit! Like I get to go into town with this. Yeah, but just found this. I find like the more comedy you do, the better you. It's almost like you get better tools for finding gold. You know what I mean? It's like you get better at finding the funny. And like, yeah. and it feels so good. Like I la like when I discover a joke, like when I'm sitting there in the, like the morning and I find something like that brings me joy. Like it really, or like when I solve a puzzle on like a joke that I couldn't figure out, like it really, like it brings it, it's a thrill to me. So it's like the more comedy you do and the more you can kind of hone those skills, it's like the quicker and fat, like, it, it, like I get more joy. I get to find more jokes when I'm at my computer in the morning. So it's like I, I don't see that I don't see that having an end. No. Yeah. And if you find something and you laugh out loud, you are, can pretty much guarantee that other people are gonna laugh. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, question. I know you hang out with Dave Smith, future president, next president. Hell yeah. Hopefully. And he's a comedian and a brilliant one. But I don't know who else you hang out with. And when when you talk about being successful and one of the tips to be successful is to hang out with like five people who you would kind of like aspire to be like or whatever. So you have Dave and I don't even know how much you guys hang out, but like, I imagine it's a little bit at least. And I gotta, I gotta be honest. That's the biggest weakness in my game. Like I'm, I'm saying in my success game, I really, uh, I'm a loner by nature yeah. and I, I, it's brought me some big advantages. Like it, it's really brought me some big advantages that I have a, uh, I've constructed a life where I have a lot of free time and I kind of do, I, I'm telling you I'm lazy. So like I do need a fair amount of downtime yeah. before I kind of click in. But then also like when I click in and I'm productive, like sometimes my focus is, is like unmatched and like the amount of days I can spend, like when I was putting together that end of year thing, I mean, I was, the, the, I can't even tell you the amount of just focused hours, like crazy, crazy amount of hours, just like I bet. Focused in getting, getting that thing done. Um, I've never been a good, I know it's surprising. Cause like, you know, you're like, Hey, Rob's charming sales guy. He's got all the skills for this. Um, I've never been good at like hanging out at the comedy clubs and I've never done a great job of like, uh, befriending other comics to be on. I know this, uh, I don't like hanging out. I like working. Like sometimes I match up with other comics and like, we're working on a project Yeah, and like, that's the biggest thrill in the world. But like if comics are getting together for like a barbecue, that's homework for me. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I don't want to go. I got to train. So yeah, it's just not it, it, like, and it's not, to, I, I don't know. It's like kind of time and play. Like I, I can't quite explain it. So the no, answer I know is what you're saying. I can, I, I, I can understand like I, from the books I've read about how to be successful. Like I can understand that there's a weakness in my game, which is that I've not acquired mentors. I've not done a good job of like, and there's plenty of people I think are like, I, I, I'm sure I could get a ton from having relationships with and like, I would enjoy it, but it, it's like everything else. You got to kind of know how to acquire things or like be comfortable. I, so that's just, 
it has not been a part of my game. I've not done a good job of that. Well, th- think about that, you know, and maybe maybe you will uh, just re- reassess. As, but I understand, like, sometimes you're cool to go to a party and hang out, but most of the time, probably not. You know, the time and place, like you kind of were saying, it's like, I could do it at the right time. Maybe like summer porch tour. I'm working and we get to play. I don't like to just go waste time and talk of nonsense, uh, you know, like not meaningful, pro- productive, fuck, like kind of time activities, in my opinion. Every now and then, though, you kind of have to just to socialize and be nice and and then you can learn you the idea though is to surround yourself with these five other individuals who are ambitious i'll be one of them you know and i know it's all i'm in virtual but yeah and likewise i love your energy and but speak it you said something that rung a bell which is the downtime and it takes you a while to like click into the day or whatever so like can you be more specific? Because I, I have my own experience with that as well. Like on a day-to-day basis, it's kind of hard to get going sometimes. Um, well, and now we're getting personal. I, I go through stretches where I'm remarkably productive and I do try and analyze as much as possible what I need to do to kind of be more disciplined. Um, but like if I take a step back and like, I look at kind of the macro of how I spend my time, I do waste a fair amount of time doing absolutely nothing. And when I say absolutely nothing, I mean, like, like, I, I mean, literally nothing. I mean, walking not up and down my fl- no, I don't play video games. I got rid of my Xbox like five years ago yeah. uh, because it was too much. Like the problem here's where that becomes not actually does not fall into the, not, the category of nothing. Video games will like suck you in yeah. where it's like you can need a break. You could like you could end up playing video games for five hours. Now, like you need a break from that to go do something else. Like I almost don't even like watching television that's bingeable for the same reason, because then it's not it's not really like downtime for your brain per se. Like, for example, if you watch like a bunch of bullshit on YouTube, it's totally uninvested mindlessness that like, I don't know, your brain doesn't really need to recover from it. The way that if you watch like a season of Homeland. So what I'm getting at is that because I haven't really dated and I don't really visit my family all that often and I don't go and hang out with friends as a theoretical, if I blow, let's just say 10 hours of time on a Sunday, I still got five hours left that I could be working out, sitting at my laptop and getting real work done that I haven't blown an entire day. Whereas other people who have a more active social life or they've got that girlfriend, they've got that family. If they were to do all of those commitments on top of playing with their asshole on the couch for five hours, there is no time left in the day. So I, I, so in some ways I've been, I've benefited from like the absence of some of those social activities that like, if I, Literally, if I waste an entire day, but then I find a focused four hours, I might get done what someone else gets done in their workday in an entire day. But it's like my brain was actually very relaxed when I got started that I really had the energy to like get. And I got to tell you, sometimes with the sales stuff, because like I'm not I'm not a natural at it. Like sometimes like I'm doing tense things and I don't know, you just need like you need some downtime for your brain to be able to kind of 
handle the stress of some of those decisions. If you're just kind of, at least for me, I think there's some high level CEOs that can just kind of be on edge stressed all the time, but I'm not one of them. I don't yeah. know how Elon Musk runs like five companies. I, we kind of tried to start another spinoff from Sheath and it was to be for like older men and Do your balls hang low. It could be, you could get uh, what's that? What's that? The elephant <laughs> trunk, the trunk. Yeah, You what? can make that like it's uh that could be the, the, the mascot. Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to a fly? Blah, 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 blah. I don't Yours? remember the song. No. Do you remember that song? No. So it could be that for old people, but for their nuts. Yes. But that's what Sheath is already for. This was going to be for like urination type things. Like when you oh. accidentally. Yeah, you got to keep that as a separate brand so you don't make Sheath not cool. Exactly. And it was very touchy. And we, I, it's just the breaks. COVID happened. And, and I was like, I'm not going to push this. These I have a doctor, a lawyer, and another dude that wanted to do it. Were you looking for like a better Depends product? Yeah, they wanted to do that, and they wanted to incorporate the sheath design. And I was and I'm kind of, I was like, okay, but it's definitely not going to be sheath. It'd be a totally different brand. But right. shit just fell apart. It's hard to start. Dude, it's hard to start a business. I don't know how we did sheath, you know, like, but to do another one, and then run two separate companies. And that one wasn't even going to be hardly that cool. It wasn't going to be like cool, you know? Right. <laughs> it, it still, it still exists. Uh, it's called shield, but see, it's still, it's also That's actually close. a decent name. Yeah. Yeah. Decent name. And we have it registered and all that stuff. It's just taken a, a pretty a shielding your pants from your urine. Yeah, you don't want to pee all over yourself dude, when you're old, and it happens to guys. And you know, one of the, the the doctors, a urologist, and so he knows firsthand that it's an issue. And uh, shout out to Jim Simon. I'm sorry, I'm not taking your calls. I'll take your call. Does Does Doctor Simon have a better design for urine absorption? <laughs> no, it's it's about the pad, and it's it's about putting the pad in the sh- like a compartment within the underwear. And um, luckily, Sheath is like patented for us that you know so we can nobody else can do it but we could do it but i and i could license it to this other company and and it's not dead because maybe i'll need them one day you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's not over but at the right now as of right now it's kind of on hiatus do you think that you would ever want to start a company or you just want to do comedy comedy or like a combination I don't know. I, I got it. It not, dude. If I can make money doing stand up, yeah. I, I think I'm pretty like that. That's it. I, th- yeah. I, I think there's something about specializing in life. Yeah, absolutely. and like being really good at, at what you're doing. Where I could see myself doing something. I, I, <laughs> I guess you could view this as a company, but I could see myself doing something closer to the end of year project on a more regular basis and touring that or like, yes. Can you did, I wanted to, I I meant to say this earlier because you recorded your special for your end of year 2021 recap. Where is that? And how can people see, find that? So I'm going to say the best place to find my content is I just got another strike on my YouTube channel and I'm going to be spending some real money on my own website. I just emailed the guy who has my website built. But if you go to RobbieTheFire.com, Hell yeah. almost all the content that I've ever done is up there. And in the near future, I think that's going to really be the 
the home of everything I'm doing. Do you think that's what everyone should kind of do is just instead of posting on YouTube? I think it's really tough because if I even think of uh, the people I'm fans of, like I'm viewing their content on YouTube, like even Rogan, who I've become a, like a big fan of, of I became a fan of Rogan because when I was really stressed out three years ago and I got home from work and I didn't know what to watch, Rogan was on the front page of YouTube. I was watching his highlight clips because it was right in front of me. And if that's not, or like for a little while, Rand Paul had the best clips. Like I love watching politics like it's pro wrestling and he got a youtube ban i didn't go to his website to try and find him like the people that i love i don't think there's anyone whose website i go to to watch their content i can't think of a like a single person i mean there's a couple blogs that i read and i guess i go to those people's websites but for the most part i'm viewing your content on youtube uh and like even some of the comics that i'm fans of this is i made i uh, I don't have a ton of stand-up online. I've always had it be a part of my strategy to try and have a lot of free content on YouTube. And the reason for that is the comedians that I became a fan of seven or eight years ago, it was because when I found them, they had 15 pages deep on YouTube. So like when I found Louis C.K. and I thought, oh, like I saw one clip, oh, this guy's funny. I ended up watching mm-hmm. everything. There was hours of content and then I was a fan. Doug Stanhope, same thing. Nick DiPaolo, the same thing. There were some Nick other DiPaolo. comics. Nick DiPaolo. I just wrote his name down, Nick Dip. Anyways, because he started the Comics Gym website. I can get you on there. Okay. Well, I'm just like he's trying to pro- 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 provide a, an alternative, right? Because all of like the comics I like, like you know, you guys and him get banned and shit. So I'm two strikes be- in. My YouTube is done. It's done. Um. So. What I'm going to try and do as much as possible is, I mean, I already have two strikes, which means I already can't, I'm not like, no, it's not that I'm not in this game to censor myself. Like that is the least interesting thing. So I'm not going to start doing different contents that I can remain on YouTube. That's not, that's not an option. That's like, that's not what I got into this for. And that's not, if CNN were to come to me tomorrow and say, here's a $3 million a year contract. We want you to build out a 12 AM comedy show. And here's the guidelines. I might go, okay, that's enough money that let me review these guidelines and see if there's a version of funny that I could do within this platform that I think like that's a job, but to fucking do my own thing for no money that I want to create to try and play within like that, that that literally makes zero sense. So I'm going to go the other way with it, which is, I I mean, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing and then I'm going to start trying advertising as much as possible. This was unsafe for YouTube. You have to go to my website to find my content and I'm just going to try and I'm going to try like, dude, I I mean, it's crazy. I'm not a punk rock person. I'm a fucking Jew for middle-class Jew from Connecticut who didn't do well in school, didn't like that, like that just wasn't a fit for me. But I'm saying like, I'm not a tatted, I'm not a punk rock person. I'm a fucking lame ass who by lucky, by I, I'm lucky to live in a world now where like, think about what you had to do in the past to be a fucking badass. Like now I just have to talk, I, I just have to read the scientific documents from the FDA and explain to you that the vaccine that they're trying to push on you is not worthwhile and that you're not at risk of, that I think it's a bad risk assessment. This makes me a badass in the generation that we live in. Like I am a bona fide rebel 
because I am willing to read information and just explain to you that they're lying to you. Yeah. So I'll take it, dude. I'll take the fucking rebel man. I'm a fucking lame human being who I'm lucky to live in an era where everyone else is such bunch of soft fucking pansies that, that I am actually... I'm the cool rebel. We should yeah. not be living in a world where I am the rebellious person. I'm the least rebellious. I saved my fucking money. I, I, I opened up a TIA crafts uh, with my with my high school savings. Like I'm, you know what I mean. I'm not right. cool, but I, yeah. if if we live in a You're world sensible. where I get to be cool, I'll take it. Sensible is cool. You're using <laughs> your own common common sense and like. Hey, that doesn't make sense to me. What he's <laughs> saying, and it's not jiving with what I'm seeing, and or what he said over there. He's saying two different things, and I, I'm assuming the one he said in private is the truth, and the one he's saying in public is not the truth. Yeah, yeah we're talking about Doctor Science. Himself. I got to create an email list too. I, I got to figure out how I can. Uh, I really want to build an email list from all the shows that we're doing so I could start emailing fans directly and be like, hey, here's yes. the content I put out this week. Like, I'd like That's... to figure out how I could just be in touch with people a little bit more directly. Who's that really famous short black comic? Uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, I Kevin Hart. So that's what he did, right? Is I guess at the beginning, he was getting all these people's email addresses. And I heard like that's, how, that's why he became as big as he is. To be honest, he's not funny to me at all it's very generic very bait like he's he's like so animated okay his movies are funny but his comedy not so funny to me just me personally some people obviously people like it because he's very popular so there's some people i haven't watched enough of to give an opinion like and sometimes it's just style like there's some really great comedians out there that just based off of delivery styles I'm not excited by it, and so I don't watch it. I haven't w really watched any of his comedy. It's so, like I can't shit on it, but like it, it doesn't excite me enough to really watch it. He has moments. He's had obvious, and everyone has their moments. But like, if I watch you once and then I watch you again, and it feels like I just I'm watching the same one I saw last time. I'm like, and and a, and I hate to even say this, but like semi same situation with Bill Burr, who I love. But if you watch his specials, they have a similar theme, you know, like people walking into the ocean or like there's too many people in on, in the world or just, but he's so funny that it's okay. I, I, I like the new version of that joke. He'll make like a new version of the same joke. I don't know if you feel me on that, but uh, that's, I'm, that's just a, an opinion, and we're just chatting it up. Have you seen? Have you seen Hot Ones? The show Hot Ones, where they yeah, eat, eat yeah, the hot for wings. sure, absolutely. So he was, you know, he started one. Now I'm back on Kevin Hart real quick. He started like an ice bath version of right. So they're supposed to have a conversation in an ice bath, and they don't even get in the ice bath. It's too cold. You can't have a conversation. It's impossible. Random. That was like a random kind of point that I just made there, but and also, who's that? There's this new guy that every. I mean, he's not new. He's like the stoner, Pineapple Express, uh, Rogan, Seth Rogan. Yeah, is it Seth Rogan? He was just on Hot Ones. He stinks. I know. Why he became such cool. a he became such a liberal douche. Isn't it incredible how many people yeah. have turned not cool over the last five years? It's sad well, i think bit. uh i think with 
I think if you're, this is what I was saying, and this is where I don't fault them. If CNN gave me $3 million a year to develop a once a week comedy program, I mean, I feel like I would just more keep my mouth shut. But I think people that are really in the Hollywood system, like really in the Hollywood system where you're a producer on stuff and you're yeah. really in the system. Connected, yeah. I, I, I think that there's enough money on the table that you just have to behave a certain way. Like that's, it, it's one or the other. It's like, you can't, you, you can't be making that really big producer money and working on within the system and really working on projects and then also have opinions that are not what Hollywood likes. It's one or the other. Or at least yeah. it would seem that way from the outside. I mean, you have like Chris Pratt. I, I mean, his, his name comes to mind. I, and I think he's like Christian, he kind of like right wing and that's fine. But like, he's like, there's two people that have come out and against the machine everyone else I, and i think those people are just sheep i think there's a better way to say that but they're not like courageous and they're just kind of people some people are free thinkers and some people follow what's being told to them kind of and don't even really seem to question it because it's almost like are you serious like or you can look at it this way instead of uh i i'll put a positive spin on it and i'm not this person i'm just not i i'm I, i'm describing what i'm not some people understand kind of how to be popular and oh. that that takes like kind of having the values of whatever the popular yeah. group is and yeah. that is your personality your personality is oh i like being popular and so i know how to reflect the values of the popular group i'm not that person i've always been the Hey, fuck you. I'm going to stand in the corner and I'm going to say really mean shit about all of you because you're a bunch of fucking sheep and idiots. But I don't know that that like if you look if you look at life as that it's a social sport and that there's a lot of money and your ability to kind of social network and that kind of things and be persuasive. Like my strategy is not exactly necessarily. I mean, I'm sticking to my strategy. It's the only strategy I have. And like I'm I, I, I'm. I'm committed to the way I operate. I mean, if you want to be a fucking queer about it, you could say it's my truth, whatever the fuck you want to. I'm just saying I operate the way I operate, which is being the cynical ass in the corner. And I'm not a networker. I don't want to hang out. I want to have my opinions. I want to read. I want to be right. I want to be yeah, able to tell truth. everyone else why they're fucking retarded. Yeah. And then eventually I want to win doing it so I can really shove it in their fucking faces because that's the kind of vengeful asshole I am. But for some other people, right, their entire lives is figure, f fitting in with the popular crowd. Yeah. So I almost feel like that's their thing. So like a Seth Rogen, like he knows how to be popular. Like that's that's a skill that he has. Yeah, he probably didn't even smoke weed. He was probably like <laughs> just smoking weed to be cool. Like, right. I just thought of that when you said that. The Could be. Maybe yeah. he is that lame. I mean, the truth is what. I'm seeking not, not my truth, right? But the truth. And I guess I could be wrong. I mean, like maybe the world isn't round. I don't know that, but it makes sense to me that it is. And so if it doesn't make sense, I'm not going to go along with it. And this bullshit about, you know, all of the lockdowns and stuff. And I mean, that Barry Weiss thing, I was just listening to you and Dave on part of the problem and the Barry Weiss on Bill Maher interview. And, um, and now, like, people are finally starting to come around, I guess, to the truth. And it's like, I told you, you know, you can, you, we're not even gonna have to say, I told you, but you guys, Dave was kind of saying, you know, we've been saying this for a while. Well, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm starting to get a little, uh, I've been right on some of the biggest American political topics over the last six years. 
Yeah. Why aren't I extremely well paid as a political analyst? Like Good I've question. been, I'm just saying these people aren't more entertaining. They're not more articulate and they've been wrong on everything. How have I not gotten an agent calling me up and being like, Oh, we need a new news anchor on Fox. Right. Now, that's not even a job that I want. That's not what I'm looking for. But I'm just saying it's it's weird to live in this world where it's like you can consistently be right, and they're just consistently and we're in the we're, like the job is giving people information. Right. So I've been providing good information. You've been providing bad information. Why is there a market for bad information? It's the old legacy, but I mean, isn't the podcast? Aren't the podcast? I know part of the problem is growing, and and then you're and run your mouth is growing as a result of right of the combination of you two working together and and being right that's why i listened to you and i remember when i first listened i I listened to like five minutes i was like these guys are on point right now and and you have been ever since then so being right pays off in that way maybe just just be patient right and dave is a he's not uh, do they get paid to go on those little when you're like a guest on a show um, you know, he goes on Kennedy or whatever. He goes on Gutfeld. Like I don't know. I don't know what his. Uh, but he's like a regular on that stuff now. Yeah, I don't have the channel anymore. So yeah, I never watch. I, I don't watch any news at all. I only Maybe. read the news. I never like CNN, Fox, that whole world. I never, never. Me, I, I might catch a, a clip on Tucker on on YouTube or right. But yeah, I, typically I get my news from you. Hell yeah. And Ron Paul, I, I listen to the Ron Paul Liberty Report, and then like Rogan, and that's about yeah. Uh, and a couple YouTubers, this guy, the Quartering, his name is Jeremy something. He has over a million. There's so many YouTubers you have probably never heard of right. that have these huge followings, isn't? It? And it's like kind of amazing to think like this dude. The, his name is Jeremy. I don't even know his last name, but his show is the Quartering. And I, th- I think of like the quartering being like four horses pulling a man apart, but he it's he's just talking shit on you know whatever current events are happening, and I, he get every video every video gets like two hundred plus thousand download or views, and I think that's more than CNN, and he's like a quote unquote nobody, you know, maybe. But how, how, like how many views does CNN get for a show? Do you think? Because you know these things, I thought. No, I actually, I, I would love to know what their ratings are. I mean, I would guess the late night shows at best, I think, are getting like 1.2 million, right? So if your late night shows are getting 1.2, I would assume CNN's probably at four to 500,000. But the, okay. the problem, even with their stats, is that how many of those are just... Uh, like the airport that it's just on, yes. the gyms that it's just on. Yes. Like how many people are actually watching a CNN show. I, yeah. I, I would if love to know. On, I, if you look on YouTube and you see how many followers you, CNN has versus Fox, it's like seven to one CNN. Right. But then that doesn't make sense to me. Did they just, cause I don't know who's watching this shit. Like what, why are you still watching when you know they've been consistently wrong over and over and over and you still go to them for news. It's insane. Yeah, well, it's in part, uh, and this is where you start realizing that we live in a socialist country, but they still are a legacy media, and there's a lot of money behind it, 
and there's an illusion like the, the, the there's an illusion like for example when a guy's driving a really nice car oh this guy must be wealthy and he must also know something about life because how else would he be this wealthy like there's some power that just comes with like the wealth and the perception cnn mm -hmm. still has this perception almost of that i think it has almost more like it's still perceived that like, all right, that's the mainstream and that's what the mainstream is trying to say. And then here's us debunking the mainstream. But it's like, it only has the perception of being the mainstream because it's on, you know, TV and advertisers are spending money with it, almost just propping it up to pretend like it's still this, like as powerful as it is. But right. it's, I think you're right. It's like a, it's like a perception thing that it's like people think that it still is, like maybe the sphere of influence from CNN is basically zero, except that we all still kind of pretend like it's the thing to debunk or that like, you know what I mean? Like maybe we should just ignore it and it really is irrelevant. No, I think some people do like still think it. I know some people who still watch it and like think it's they'll make excuses for it. And who uh, who is that fucking person? He's a good he, the funny thing is he's a good guy. And I'm like, are you joking right now? Like, are you serious? Like, I don't even, I can't even talk to you. I almost, he works for me. He, I almost fired him because for he, he would know me. You don't want to yeah, say that on, you know, I know. You don't want to well, say that. I didn't, and, and I didn't, and I've come to learn, like, it's better to have a diverse opinions. Mixed. Yes. And, and, he, and the sheath company believes that everyone, uh, no matter your color, race, or political opinions, I mean, color and race, that's redundant. Color, religion, you shouldn't say color. I think race, religion, or political views is happily welcome at the Sheath family. That's what Robert meant to say. It is. <laughs> because, but it, we, get in, we would get into some, you know, good debates about politics and stuff. And I'd be like, are you fucking serious <laughs> right now? You think that they have your best interest in mind. Like I would just be like, you think the Democrats are good. The Republicans are bad, but like, you really think the Democrats care about you? I was, I was like losing my mind. And he's like, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a convenient story to have in your mind of that. Everyone that I'm a Democrat. And I believe that my team believes in doing nice things for other people and since I am a good person, I root wholeheartedly for this team that's standing in opposition to evil forces that don't want to provide to the poor. Right. And it, it's just it's it's the convenience of that. Like, you don't want to have to personally go do nice things for other people so that you can uh, feel like a good person. Yes. Right. It's, it's just a very convenient storyline to live in that I am on the side of good because I root for the Democrats. And if it wasn't for me rooting for the Democrats, the evil forces of monetary savings and the Republicans that don't want to give out free goods, it, like I'm the one thing standing in the way. And mm -hmm. and then it's also this idea that government, like government's not just good, but they're the ones who are supposed to take, like, it's not about you. It's not about that I'm supposed to do good things for other people. It's that, well, that's the job of government. And so I don't have to think about this. I just have to cheer for the right team in government. And then that's all I need to do. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to do charity. If I just cheer for this one team to be in charge and I get in the way of people like you and I try and shame other people out of their opinions, I've done everything I need to be a good person. And you, you know what's you know what's interesting about being a good person? 
is that everyone wants to be a good person, right? Right. Yeah. Like there's almost uh, I, I I actually been thinking about this in my head. It's a dark thought, but you might appreciate it. I, I'm I'm thinking about maybe playing around with this isn't a joke, but the economics of evil. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, I think the reason why some powerful people get into power is because like most of us don't want to be evil. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a supply and demand thing. There aren't a lot of like, there aren't a lot of powerful people that are willing to just take from other individuals or willing to just outright lie or willing to like, you know, like or be a real son of a bitch lawyer. Like mm -hmm. none of us like that. Most individuals, we don't like confrontation. These are all things that we don't like. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like so that so the that's vacuum what, gets filled by these by the actual evil people. Sorry. You tell no, me. I think that the evil people tangent was it was kind of irrelevant. More what I'm saying is the reason why that guy so believes in CNN is because he's created a story of his life where he's good and he doesn't have to do much in order to keep that vision in his brain of like I'm a wow. good moral person. That's actually not a horrible assessment uh, because he, he, but he is a good person, but I don't think he necessarily does anything. And we, we all think that we can just outsource it to the government and we don't have to do anything. But the problem or what I say is like, at least, and I'm not, and I'm a libertarian. Okay. I'm in the middle or whatever freedom, baby. But at least with the Republicans, you know that they don't care about you. With the Democrats, they tell you all these nice things. We're going to take care of you. We're going to fix everything, blah, blah, blah. Promises, promises, promises. And then they're in the back room, I'm imagining, shaking hands with the Republicans, laughing all the way to the bank. They're all in it together, except for maybe Rand Paul or a couple of, you know, uh, gunslinging, like crazy, like radicals, right? He's a, he's a radical in these days telling the truth is radical how dare you question science i love Rand paul i love ron paul um i i hope that this the you know the truth i think the truth comes out ultimately in what pfizer is going to release those documents in 54 years or something right i think they law so that was a wild one um but i think a judge ruled against them and they nice. have to get it out quicker but i don't i haven't seen anything on that for a little while but just the truth in general, like the truth about Trump. And I mean, Russia dude, the, and like the idea that the they could get this passed within two months to get the drug out, but then they would need 55 years to release the documents. Well, how is it possible that you were able to make a decision within two months and process wow. all this information, but it would take you 55 years just to release it? How, did, how does that add up? If it would take 55 years to assess this information, then how do you make a decision in two months? You can't, both those things can't be true at the same time. I just hope everyone starts coming to their senses. It was a little crazy. I mean, I can agree with uh, Barry Weiss in the sense that at the beginning, we didn't know. And and I know a couple months in, we kind of started hearing some things. But yeah, that's fine at the beginning. But yeah. when the vaccine rollout started and then when they started pushing the vaccines, yeah. we already had this information. So it's like, it, yes, it's true. In the first month of the corona arriving here, we panicked. You can go watch the beginning of my uh, 2020 end of year. That's the section one is we all panicked. And I make fun of myself for panicking because <laughs> going into this, by the way, I'm still a germaphobe to this day. I'm a fucking germaphobe. Like in terms of government narratives that I would be a sucker for, this is one of them. Like I, I absolutely, you suckered me at the beginning of this. It was a new thing. None of us knew what the fuck was happening, but to, to pretend that when the vaccine was rolled out, and then when the mandates were rolled out and like all of the information, I'm going to say as of six months after the start of the coronavirus, 
You just weren't doing your homework. Right. It's criminal to shut down a society for a fucking cold. Sorry. And I know people, but people die from colds. Anyways, I'm not a doctor. Don't listen to me in anything we said. We're just ice bass and ivermectin. I'll say it. (laughs) That'll save you. I, I was saying that at the beginning, the Wim Hof breathing method. And I'm not, and I, I talked to you about it. I do that when I'm jerking off. It really helps. It doesn't, it feel so much better. Oh my God. It's like night and day. It's like that autoerotic asphyxiation. It's like I blasted the load of 15 men. And and it's like out one end and, and out into your brain. It gets, you like this DMT, like, uh, ej- not ejaculation, but euphoria or whatever. It's it maybe in your brain. It's like ejaculating in your brain. Sorry, mom. <laughs> Robbie started. <laughs> Does your mom actually listen to the show? I don't know. I think she listens to some. She'll come on my live streams, and I'm just right. like, okay, well, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. I love, I, but I'll, every now and then I'll, I'll say. <laughs> Sorry, mom, but she's she's awesome. She's been a trooper with me. I was a bad boy, and uh, she always just kind of. Still loved me and kind of accepted me. And, you know, I had to figure it. She didn't correct me. I had to figure it out on my own, so to speak, the hard way. But look where I'm at now, baby. Top of the world. RPG. Yes. Global. Robert. Going global. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night. And we'll wrap it up here shortly. I know. I'm not going to keep you. Are you going to do some comedy tonight? I'm hanging, and then uh, I'm going to go to the shed at around 8.30. The shed? Yeah. You know the shed cast guys? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be hanging. I haven't been in the shed. Well, actually, I went to the shed last night. Me and uh, Mike Nice, we recorded some tunes. I put out parodies of uh, Neil Young songs uh, sung about COVID. I can do a decent Neil Young impression. And then we also did a Beach Boys spoof of everybody surfing, but it, instead it's everyone's getting COVID. Um, that one's not out yet, but if you go to my Instagram, you can listen to the Neil Young ones. Okay. Uh, and then tonight, I, I'm going to go hard because I haven't been in the shed for a while, and uh, we're going to do it big. Shedcast, baby. De- definitely check out the Shedcast then with Robbie DeFire. That's your podcast though, right? Not- I mean, it's more theirs, but like I'm a pretty regular guest on it, and it's... Yeah. Uh, it's a fun show for me to do because uh, we really just get blitzed in the shed and hang out. Love that. How do you get blitzed? You drink or do you smoke weed or what? It depends. It depends on the night. It really okay. depends on the night. Like what? there's a lot of nights where I got to behave myself. So I'm not like they're big pot smokers. Like they're rip, they're ripping blunts the whole time. And oh, dude, that like much. I'm you got these guys have the best weed. Like I've introduced oh. people to like they literally they have the best weed. Uh, but sometimes we sometimes we go a little bit deeper, you know. Sometimes yeah. uh, we we've we've had some 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 deep evenings. <laughs> I'll leave that up to the people's imagination. What, what? Clarify what's going on with Neil Young and Spotify, real quick, and then we'll probably wrap it up. All right. So Neil Young. Uh, sometimes as you get older, things change and you turn gay. Uh, and so what happened with Neil Young is you go. Firstly, it saddened me because when I went to spoof his songs. I haven't listened to some of his music in a while. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, like why? Like I'm shitting on something so good. Like his songs are so good. Like, wow. I mean, when I was in high, I used to listen to Q1043. That's the New York city, like uh, classic rock station. And I remember in high school, like, uh, cause I, I grew up like nineties grunge stuff, which was K rock. 
which was like your Nirvana, your Metallica, Pearl Jam, like all that stuff. And then K-Rock died when Howard Stern left. And then I discovered Q1043, which was classic rock. And then I was listening to like Zeppelin, Skinner, like Pink Floyd, like The Who, just like a world of all of that unbelievable music uh, that was kind of from the 70s before my time, but it's still just like, I mean, it's amazing to me that rock and roll to kids like is not a thing. It's not cool. It's not relevant. But like I still in my own brain of having found that music in the seven, like the the 70s music when I was in high school, that to me is still like very much so America. I I don't know what America means, but like I'm saying my vision of America, even though some of these brands are, are all British, like the Who, Rolling Stones, you know what I mean? Like a bunch of these bands are all British anyways. What, what was your question? Uh, so Neil Diamond, not Dylan oh, Neil Diamond. Young. Yeah. So I'm saying like I do in my own, like I can't claim this music. I'm just saying I like, I know so many people who are just into rap or whatever. Like I definitely have a strong attachment to classic rock. That's okay. my jam. I, I like, I used to just cut out, cut out of school, just sit in my room reading the New York post and listening to classic rock. I feel like I'm still doing that now that I spent a lot of my day at home listening to jam bands and just, reading the news and trying to stay on top of it. But anyways, so why were you making fun of him though? So here's what happened. He said to Spotify, I, if, unless you're going to, I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth, but essentially, unless you're going to start censoring Rogan, I want my music off your platform. And the irony of that is like some of his songs are like, he literally has an album cover with the word freedom on it. Like Uh, he's kind of like a Woodstock seventies guy. I mean, I don't, I haven't gone that deep on his music, but I'm just saying to me, he was kind of like, like a cool dude, great songs, an attachment with seventies Woodstock, a little bit of an attachment to the flavor of freedom. Like I said, I'm not a guy who really pays attention to lyrics. Like maybe that's not what his, what his music has been about or is about, but like, keep on rocking in the free worlds. I mean, that's his biggest song. And then to have a guy like that, just basically being on the side of censorship is wild. I, I mean, literally saying, I don't want to be on your platform unless you're going to censor this other individual. And like Neil Young, I, I, I love to sit down and have a conversation with you. Do you really have that much of an understanding of the medical right. science here? Or are you just on team government here? You're just going like, well, the government, like weren't you, you were fucking seventies Vietnam. Why do you trust government? Like Woodstock, wasn't that kind of a reflection of fuck you? I'm not going to the military. Why are we in Vietnam? And now all of a sudden, like, this is the new thing that they're lying about. Like, this is the new thing that they're going to, people are going to like, I don't want to go too hard on the vaccines, but I'm just saying it's like you were at Woodstock. You're one of these freedom figures. You like, I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe he was pro Vietnam war. I don't know. I'm just saying though, to me, he was kind of like that that he was part of that flavor and for someone like that to now be on the side of censorship it's like it's that it's remarkable yeah it 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 reminds me and i'm not listening to myself but to stay out of politics when it comes to um your opinions and stuff as, as you get older because like arnold schwarzenegger went all crazy uh, Stephen King has lost his mind, in my opinion. Now this guy and like, there's these. It's like, if you would have just not said anything, right? Your music could still be well, on Spotify. I, I think two things on that. One, opinions are uh, overrated and expensive. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean that. Like, in a perfect world, I would have been a dick joke telling comedian, and I never would have had opinions. Why? Why do I need them? Well, like, what? What do they really do for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also. 
it, the way that I have opinions, I leave myself a lot of wiggle room for being wrong. Cause my opinion is like, I'm looking for truth. If you have yeah. better, if you have truth, yes. come tell me. And yes. you can even hear, you hear the words I say, it, it seems to me, I've yes. researched this topic. Here's what I'm seeing. Please email me if I'm getting this wrong. Rob's newsroom at Gmail. I'm not, if you get too attached to ideas, then you get the cognitive dissonance. Then you're playing for a side. You're everything that's lame and it sucks. Mm -hmm. I try and avoid that as much as possible. So that like, I like, and I, I also don't claim to be the smartest person. Like that's not, that's not my brand. That's not who I am. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm very open to being wrong, which I think leaves you, leaves you from, uh, from ending up in these pickles where you become overly attached to bad ideas. Yeah. And you're so people that are so confident that they know that this is some answer, but how yeah, often, just, yeah. It's no, so on that note, I'm usually just more on the side of like, I don't fucking know. And you don't fucking know. So quit pretending like, you know, Thank and you. here's why you don't know. Like that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like my opinion, it, even on the COVID stuff, it's a lot more nuanced. It's just saying like, you got a new technology here that might be risky. I don't think it works well enough that this is worth taking. And why are they lying about it? And then, and then it's been like proving they're clearly lying and trying to sell us on this thing. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be long-term health effects. I'm not even claiming that there are. I'm just saying it's a possibility. And because it's a possibility, I don't think it's worthwhile to take this thing that they're lying about because it's fucking weird that they're lying about it. Yeah, and they're trying to pay you to take it, and it's too weird. It's too much. It's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I and, and I'm getting you know I try to trust my gut instincts and my if it feels off, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back. I'm just gonna stay back here. But don't give me shit about not jumping on board with this thing you're selling, you know, let me watch it for 10 years and then I'll, maybe I'll reconsider. Also, you know, I haven't heard Neil Young on a political topic. I think once in my entire life, I don't think I've ever heard him talk out or may maybe it's just cause this is one so popular. Like maybe he does this shit all the time, but it just never makes headlines cause no one really gives a shit. But it's yeah. also particularly lame to me if I've never heard you have like an opinion or take a stance and all of a sudden your stance is against Rogan. It's just fucking not cool. So not cool. If they don't know, he's the pinnacle of media. Like the uh, the fucking apex predator, motherfuckers. You're not going to stop him. And we're all not like his underlings or anything, but he started a, a movement of being able to like just kind of talk and in nuanced conversations and not be stuck to these rigid ideas and you be open to being wrong so that's why i think we're more right because we're open to being wrong and that may not make perfect sense but you know questioning and not just going along with is uh where i'm at and that's that's what i'm that's 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 i think we're on a similar kind of wavelength when it comes to that type of thing and that's why I like talking to you. I should maybe talk to some other people like that I don't necessarily agree with. Maybe I'll do that one day. But uh, I'm not. I typically don't try to get too political on here, anyways. It's typically about success and you know overcoming obstacles and stuff. So hopefully you will overcome any of these censorship obstacles. That's going to be the hard one, right? And and when you do, it's going to be through persistence and just keeping on doing the thing that you're being drawn towards and stuff. So stay true to yourself, but don't fuck yourself over. If you have to bend a little bit, 
Don't be in the knee, but maybe crouch down or whatever, you know. I'm just going to keep doing me, and what I'm hoping yeah. to really get better at is uh, becoming my own production company, yes. essentially, so that I can do a better job of uh, filming the content, getting it online, and, uh, you know, because people do find my stuff. Like, I, I actually randomly, th th this I found really inspiring. Like, this really inspired me. This okay. past week, I got a DM, some hot chick down in Florida, Thought I was a running podcast, listened to it, thought it was the funniest thing she ever heard. That's I was awesome. doing 30, I did a 30 minute episode where I talked about how I'm trying to build a room so silent that I could rape in it. All right. Uh, that is one of the harshest jokes I've done on the podcast. And I kept harping back to it. The fact that there's a random person out there that falls outside of what I would think my demo is of like 25 to like, probably 25 to like 60 yeah. kind of more conservative or maybe like you know what i mean like yeah I, I, th this fell completely outside of who i would think would enjoy my content so if she thought i was funny that means there's a lot of other people out there that if they were exposed to what i was doing oh a would think i'm funny too is bk chris um who by the way you should have him on sometime you'd get along BK great chris. with bk chris yeah. dude he's funny and he's actually uh quietly firstly fitness guy and I, I, he has a knack for like personal success like he's actually slick with money we'll be talking to him and he's like oh, i just put money into a condo here like i'm just telling you he's actually uh like uh quietly got a real winning attitude so but I anyways like yeah he's like from boston or something right no or he's from some... new york he's no, no okay. he's like pure brooklyn pure oh, brooklyn. just okay pure that accent. fucking brooklyn yeah yeah that's right okay yeah but he's, he's got like uh he's got you know real new york flavor that way yeah but he pointed out that when we were in boston there was a table of bros and he was like we won them over because there's a market of like they couldn't believe that we were doing what we were doing there's a market of people watching television comedy that think comedy is gay that they just think it's lame and it sucks and they don't even know that there's like people like myself or dave smith or like a, a that are just talking nonsense like just talking telling talking harsh shit. fucking jokes just talking yeah. shit being like i said i love that i get to live in a world where i am punk rock because i am a fucking middle class jew from connect i'm not punk rock i'm a con uh, I, i'm a conservatively my like it is so weird to me that the world is so turned that i get to be the punk rock character but the point being people are like people are not educated or even aware that comedy like this still exists mm -hmm. that because of everything that's on tv they just think the entire genre sucks so uh, that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to do a better job of uh kind of showcasing what i'm doing also just building the live scene with summer porch store where like people start telling their friends people just realize like oh there's a cool like I, i'm uh, you know i'm trying to uh build it from scratch build my own scene build my own content Smart. hopefully get it out there and bring more people into the world yeah and we're gonna end on that now but with your that's where i think you're in the right space with it like gas digital and lewis and and dave and they're they've done that i think by making that network they've created a space for people who like this type of comp com comedy and then you just branch out lewis is a genius level doer and so what i mean by that is like uh, this is part of what I was talking about uh, and I, I don't want to put a negative spin on this in any way because I'm, I'm complimenting Lewis but I was saying like uh, there's skills that people don't have or they don't want to do because they're tough and so they get heavily rewarded because people don't want to do it like Lewis's genius level of 
committing, we're getting this thing done, rallying people to the cause and going like, no, 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 that we're doing this. This is going to work. It, that is incredibly difficult. And like, and sharing the vision in a way that other people are willing to get on board and put their sweat, sweat equity behind just him having a vision. Like in terms, you can go read any success book in the world. I'm telling you, like Lewis is like, if working out and you know, you get stronger, like Lewis's genius level of, Oh, we're going to do a comedy festival and then recruiting, like recruiting people that can just put it together, which includes myself being on the sales side of him knowing me and selling me on, Hey, like, this is, you're a part of something here. We're like, go get a sponsor. So we, we make this happen. Like Lewis, I'm, I'm just saying you, you like, I, I almost don't spend enough time around Lewis. Cause in terms of like building from scratch, just having a vision, like having the strength to just push forward, it doesn't matter what's going on and seeing it through. Like I'm, I'm saying he's genius level at that. Yeah. He's amazing. Uh, he's so, he's been very good to us as a sponsor of the, the gas digital network. And when have you had him on, I mean, no, I would, Oh dude, you can talk success with that guy all day. I would love to do that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him again. He's, and he, he, he's got like, I, I I'm saying he's read sales books. Like he would even get into the trippier side of things. Like I'm, I'm sure he's read the secret. Like, I don't know right. quite where his philosophy is, but he definitely knows sales. But I'm just telling you in terms of like, that having a vision, just getting it off the ground and just like pushing through and doing it. Figure like, it out as you go. Yeah. Yeah. A genius level. Love it. Love it. I love you. Thank you, Robbie, for coming on again. I, hey, I, I got I to gotta get a better placement and hopefully this doesn't go because sometimes uh, there it is. There it is. It's going to look good in the, uh, the wide shot. I'm happy with the way that came out. You can see the Ukrainian over there. Ukrainian, definitely love that. Yeah. The $60 kilo. Yeah. What I want to do, I want to get, uh, I'm going to get like wooden things so that I can have them coming up so I can get them a little bit lower down, make it look a little bit more like uh, street signs, but I like the way that printed. It looks cool. It looks great. You do, you are a man of your word and you're wearing the hats <laughs> and we're going to keep pushing through and spread the word about sheath and, and Robbie, the fire Bernstein. Dude, those long johns probably. are the shit. Thank you. I'm glad you got, I, I didn't know you didn't have them. Yeah. That's no, you sent me two. They are unbelievable. I'm, it's my pleasure. It's, <laughs> I'm, it's a pleasure to work with you and, and have you, uh, you know, help work uh, to promote us. And we both, I like how we both benefit. You promote us, we pay you, and everybody wins. Dude, we're growing, buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. So, and we're going to keep growing. And, uh, you know, so be a witness to the journey. Here's one more conversation between us two there'll be plenty more and in like 30 years we'll look back and laugh and it'll be fun but uh hopefully you guys got something out of it and uh hopefully and my best accomplishment of the year is that i'm i'm sitting on robert's vision board i'm yeah. in robert's vision for more success i called him ahead of time i you put did. in the request of what i was looking for and uh you're you're manifesting a better reality for me that was very proactive i'll show the people there's Rogan and there's Ro there's Robbie. There you, you go, yeah. right on the shoulders of Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good. It's not a bad place to be. And uh, yeah, so thank you for coming on. Have a good night tonight, and uh, we'll see you again soon. I'll be calling you and texting you. I'm sure everyone else. Thank you for joining. We'll be back again, same time, same place next week. Uh, thanks for coming on. I was watching. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>